Hi everyone and welcome to episode 116 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. And we're joined again by Jared. Sup. Sup indeed Jared. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing excellent. How about you guys? I'm doing pretty not good. Not too bad, yeah. yeah I have a bit of a cold still but other than that not too bad. Yeah, it's not really been much news either. No. Yeah, so Lauren's been uh, she's been chomping at the bit to report on something but it's just been bitty. I know, it's been really small and just sort of weird. There's been like a little bit of drama, but other than that, not too much. It was yeah, good so drama. today's episode is going to be focused on um, something that we've we've kind of talked about a little bit. Hmm. It seems to be a recurring theme for our episodes that we talk a little bit about things and then we bring them back as a big theme. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the Dirge of Cerberus cliffhanger, the dreaded cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Then we actually have our second segment as a... We have a community guest coming on. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, we have some questions from the community at the end of the show. So if you new folks listening, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union. And it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a show every Tuesday in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union. And we come on iTunes, FinalFantasyUnion.com and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. We're now going to move on to talk about our Patreon. So, yeah, everyone who supports us on Patreon, just again, a big shout out and thank you to you. Thank you. You can, If you want to find out more about our Patreon, head to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. We're now going to read out some of the producers who help to support the show by pledging $2.50 per episode. Do you want to go first or second this time, Lauren? Um, I will go second since I keep going first, so I'll go second. All right. So if that's the case, I'm going to start this off. First of all, we have Tiger Crane and their Twitter is at... Pow Pow Milkshake. Pow Poo, Daryl's. Pow Poo. Pow Poo Milkshake. <laughs> and then we have Christian Burge. Who's actually our guest on the show yes, today. we actually talked to him. Then we've got William Trengove, who's at Varnus the Axure. And then we have Erwin Velas. Then we've got Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero. Michael Graham. Then we've got Zach Duranto, who's at zduranto 58 Chris Volant at Moosehead Studio. Then we've got Harley Crawley, who's at DarkZTAkami. Thorin Bullen. We've got Peter Lamb. Alex Troutman, who is at Akira Namjin. Then we've got Manning Franks, who's at like underscore Peyton. And Keith Field, the mighty Keith. I always seem to get Keith's. So yeah, no matter what order you go nope, in, nope, you still get the to. mighty Keith. It's just it's just meant to be. <laughs> then we've got Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson. Then we have Mike Shirley Dunley, who's at Curious Quail, him as well. Yeah, and then finally we've got Johnny Oja, who's at Deacore for Life. Thanks I'm just a lot, meant everyone. to read those. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yes, thank you so much. All right, so before we get onto the actual show, we wanted to give an update on the fan gathering that we've got coming up. There's still plenty of tickets available. Um, so if you are teetering on whether you want to come or not, there's still room for you. And uh, I realized that last episode, like we were talking a lot about it, but if you were interested in attending, there's no easy way for us to give you a link to find out more information. <laughs> um, so for this next episode, uh, when it comes out on all the social media and all the site stuff, we're going to be putting a link into either the Facebook uh, event page or the Eventbrite page on the site. If, if you didn't listen to the last episode and you want to find out more, uh, we do have uh, Bryce Hitchcock, who's the voice actor of Deuce, coming over. We're going to be doing a Theatrhythm tournament where we've got a pair of Symphonic Fantasies tickets to give away. We're going to have a Triple Triad tournament. We've got Smash Brothers tournament. We've got a big pub quiz. We're going to have complay comp- cosplay competition. We've got a raffle. There's going to be challenges. Loads. We've got loads of stuff to give away. I mean, last time we were giving away PS4s and Vitas, um, wall canvases. Like it's There's a lot of stuff to win. 
uh, you'll meet a lot of Final Fantasy fans and uh, yeah it's just going to be a great day so yeah if you want to find out more information then please do head over to the Eventbrite page which we'll link to from the social media or the site and uh, yeah we'd love to meet everyone yeah definitely it should be a really good time okay so on to our main topic of the episode which was suggested by Gavuto Crescent Kamui I believe is how you would pronounce that very good, Daryl. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and yes, it's to discuss the Dirgis Cerberus cliffhanger. So Dirgis Cerberus, I appreciate, was some time ago now. I think it's approximately 10 years ago I came out in Japan. Jeez, that long ago. So I appreciate that this may not be fresh in some people's memory. <laughs> um, so I'm going to round this out for people uh, who may not remember what the hell I'm talking about. And when I talk about Dirgis Cerberus cliffhanger, this will hopefully give you some context. So, this was actually a secret scene that appeared in Dirge of Cerberus that you could only get, I believe, if you picked up all the G reports or Genesis reports. Hmm. Um, and it's a movie that plays after you get the end sequence at the end of the game. So, obviously, Omega has been defeated, etc., etc. And you see Genesis, who has Gact's face at this point. So, he's, he's full-on Gact. And it shows um, Vice's body, uh, and then Genesis is being resurrected or he's waking up from his slumber. And... Um, he walks over to Je- uh, walked over to Vice and says, "It's not yet time for slumber. We still have much work to do, my brother." Dun 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 dun. And then he gets his massive wing that comes out because you know all those people have their one wings. Yes, um, they like their one wings. Yeah, and obviously Genesis has the black wing, whereas Sephiroth has the white wing. Mm, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So then he flies off with uh, Vice's body, <laughs> and then we didn't hear anything about it. Uh, and then the Crisis, Crisis Core came out, and obviously Genesis had a very big part to play in Crisis Core, because at this point, Doge Service came out before Crisis Core. We had no idea who Genesis really was. No. Um, uh, they obviously had a lot more information about him. And in the Ultimania for Crisis Core, it was revealed that he hadn't actually returned to be an antagonist. Well, he might be, but his role was that he wants to now protect the planet, not attack it. Which is interesting, I thought. But it could make him an either an antagonist or protagonist because there have been people in the past in Final Fantasy VII where, so for example, in Before Crisis, the antagonist of that is someone who's trying to wipe out humanity to save the planet. Isn't Sephiroth trying to do the same thing as well, isn't he? I think so, yeah. yeah. His, like, yeah it's, his motives are, are good in his eyes, but bad in everybody else's. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But yeah. Um, I remember everybody freaking out about it with uh, Genesis, just freaking out. Well, one, because he was there, and two, because of what it might represent for the series, which has never come to fruition. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's an interesting point, because the compilation of Final Fantasy VII had, like, a massive head of steam. Uh, I know Crisis caused one of your favorite games, Jared. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the the names of the games they picked had very particular lettering let's say which Daryl always likes to talk about i like to call it my coined a b c d e theory (laughs) where you have advent children you have before crisis you have crisis core you have dirge cerberus and then the heavily rumored e game which was going to be endless crisis (sighs) which didn't happen No. no it did not um so i guess with all that in mind and all that that stuff. Um, do you think that obviously it's ten years since Dirge of Cerberus came out that 
there's still a possibility that this could even happen? Do you think it's just completely dead now? Um, I mean, it's been a while, and it seems like all they're focusing on is the remake. Like it, it just doesn't. It doesn't seem like they're having any plans at the moment of expanding the story from on um, the remake. And um, so in my eyes, I would say probably not. But I mean, I guess it will depend on how the remake does or if they hint at anything in the remake, because that's still a possibility as well. They might open up another series from the remake. Well, I mean, technically, they're kind of going away from what they said, because the whole compilation of Final Fantasy VII was supposed to round out after 20 years. Yeah. We now know approximately that the first part of the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to come out in 2017. Mm. That's, I mean, that's, that's our guess at the moment, which would complete the compilation 20-year circle. But then we know there's going to be other parts, so they're probably not going to come out in the same year. Yeah. Which then breaks the 20-year thing they said. But yeah. of course, people can change their minds. Yeah, I think like a lot has happened since they probably said that. I mean, how long ago was it that they said about the 20-year thing? I think it was when they were starting to come up with the compilation games. So that was maybe 10, 12, 13 years ago. So if we think about like who was in who was in charge back then, was that... Was that before or after Wada came was, in? It was during oh, that, the that is true time. because they've changed presidents several times now, haven't they? Only once. Only once. Oh, excuse me, only once, yes. So, I mean, they could completely decide to go a different direction with it. The compilation was very much under Yoichi Wada's watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think they tried to steer clear from everything Yoichi Wada <laughs> yeah. by now. But uh, like what you said, Lauren, if they were going to continue it to go to Endless Crisis... They would do it from the remake. That would make the most sense, or at the very least, just to test the waters with it, maybe throw hints and references to Genesis. Which, I mean, they can do, and that's one of the other points, is that how much are they going to integrate the wider compilation into Final Fantasy VII? Because there's a lot more lore mm. that has been created because of the other games. So Crisis Core before Crisis, um, they obviously take place before Final Fantasy VII, and there's parts of Dirge of Cerberus that take place before or during Final Fantasy VII, in terms of like the, the, the greater lore, what's happening behind the scenes. Um, so there is stuff that they could put in and allude to if they wanted to. Yeah. I believe that Genesis probably will play a part just because... They have to. He has to be in it at some point. Yeah, well, if I mean... only be just because he's just been such a huge part of the prequel, and then, of course, Dirge of Cerberus, his appearance in that. Yeah. He has to be in it somehow. But then the other issue that they have is that from what I can recall, I think Gact might have something against Square Enix at the moment. I'm not sure if that's true or not or if it's still in place, but I know that he was angry about them using his likeness um, in the in future installments. I think that... Well, I mean... I forget why. Because the Gact that appears in the Dirge of Cerberus cliffhanger trailer is gacked like it's pre- it's pretty much a live action fmv where they just put his face yeah he's literally um, just in it it actually looks a bit strange to be fair whereas the crisis core gack sorry crisis core genesis is doesn't really look like gacked anymore no so i mean is that an issue do you think i i don't think it would be seeing as how the most recent genesis we have seen is the one from crisis core who doesn't look like gacked if they decide just to keep using that that specific look I think it would be fine for most people. I know, I know a lot of people, and I don't know how Sue happy Gact is, but they could easily sue sue for likeness. 
I guess it depends on whether or not he has the it's the because there's the outfit because I think they even changed the outfit mm. between Dirge of Cerberus and Crisis Core. Although apparently he's just done a um he's just done something else with Square Enix um the Romance and the Three Kingdoms uh three five nine four e apparently that was a Square Enix game yeah and he played a key role in it so, so I maybe guess he's not angry with them maybe not like. Because, yeah, that was that was still, um, I believe it was still Square Enix. But either way, yeah, it, w- it would depend on that as well. So do you think that then there's the possibility that if the Final Fantasy VII remake does well, then it could spur some kind of demand for a continued focus on the Final Fantasy VII compilation? Let's say that, you know, it does all right. They then decide that, oh, now's the, pr- the perfect time to release Crisis Core HD. Oh, and we're working on a new Final Fantasy VII spin-off title. I think there would probably be some kind of demand there from fans because that's that's what it's going to be, isn't it? It's like after after the announcement of Final Fantasy VII Remake, everybody was immediately or well, a lot of people were immediately just like, oh, well, what other game can they remake? What other game can they come out with? Um, And I feel like with Final Fantasy VII, it could easily have the same chain on effect. Uh, what next will come from Final Fantasy VII. Whether or not they act on it is another story. Um, I guess it depends on how much Square Enix wants to cash in on on that. On the hype. Yeah, just considering how Square Enix has acted in the past, even though they're trying to be not quite as bad as they used to be, which is the whole cash cow thing, I see it. I don't see how they're not already planning uh, spinoffs after the Final Fantasy VII remake comes out. Because just seven is just such a big thing in the Final Fantasy universe in general. Not only are you going to begin all the old players hyped again, you're also going to be bringing in a whole new generation introduced into 7 who will most likely love it. So, I mean, I'm sure Square Enix already has stuff in the works for a spinoff. Do you think, though, based on that second target audience, the new people, that they potentially have to hold off on doing Crisis Core HD and this like a new Final Fantasy VII game? Because if it's going to take... If they're going to, because it's in multiple parts, it could take, you know, three years before people actually, the new players see the conclusion of the game. So, I mean, they could release Crisis Core in the meantime, but then that could potentially spoil Final Fantasy VII for them. Yeah, that, that is a good point. And I'm, I'm not sure how they would go about with that if they are, in fact, going to take three years uh, to release the entire thing. Yeah, I just really think that... Um it probably would be a good time for them to re-release um, Crisis Core if they do, um, if they're planning on doing that after the remakes are out or maybe in the lead up. I don't know. They could even do um, like a like they've been doing with Kingdom Hearts. They could do yeah. a Final Fantasy VII compilation collection. And maybe even do like a movie version of, well, of sure. Crisis Core. Well, I mean, or what of, I was thinking um, of... the mobile games. Yeah, so for example, with the Kingdom Hearts ones, they like the like the DS game and like Coded, they made into these movie versions, didn't they? Yeah. So they could easily make Before Crisis a kind of movie I game. I love that, if only because there's so many characters in Before Crisis that you just don't even really know about. Like, there's so much that happens in that and it, game. And it does explain a lot about like Barrett's past, mm. um, because they kind of allude to things in Final Fantasy VII, but they don't really go into too much detail about why Dine and Barrett don't like each other, why he's got history with Shinra, why he technically working for Avalanche is very contradictory to his beliefs. Mm. Like it's it's rather interesting. Yeah, and yeah, if there would be something for Before Crisis, that would be amazing. If they did, 
they probably could realistically do um a, a compilation with before crisis as a movie um crisis core as the handheld game because they always have a handheld game and then um Dirge uh, Cerberus yeah. as the as the uh console game i don't know how much of a big pull crisis core would or sorry uh Dirge Cerberus would bring but um if they I fixed they up the gameplay do it. then i think people would be interested because yeah. the story in Dirge Cerberus is actually quite good and mm. the antagonists they introduced i mean obviously hojo is the main bad guy yeah. in Dirge of Cerberus uh, and I think throughout the series like, even in Final Fantasy 7 people don't like Hojo because he's no. a pain he's in the ass. he's just creepy he's a horrible he's person he's so creepy and he's just yeah he looks like Hugo Weaving though and obviously Dirge of Cerberus um, focuses about Vincent uh, you find out a lot more about Lucrezia uh, and Grimoire his dad mm. um, and you find out a lot more about the science behind everything that was taking place um, and Sephiroth's past because I I believe a large portion, well, not a large portion, some some of the story focuses on the conception of Sephiroth. Um, there's a lot of backstory that goes into to Dirge Cerberus, as well as introducing new characters like the Sviets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was one of the hardest questions in our quiz. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there's, there's, a, there's a great deal of story that we're missing out on if we haven't played Dirge of Cerberus or Before Crisis or Crisis Core. Like all three of them, but Dirge of Cerberus especially, just there's there's a lot there that we we've missed, and I don't even know if maybe they'll include some of that in the remakes as well. Potentially, I mean, there's a lot, there's stuff that they could put in around Vincent, yeah, mainly because there's really nothing on Vincent, and being that he probably will, it, it will depend on whether or not you have to get Vincent in the remake, and I I'm I'm betting on the fact that you will have to get Yuffie and Vincent. I, I think that you you or at least they'll make it a lot them. easier to acquire them. Possibly, they probably won't have to go I'm through that, that safe mini be. game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people would like today's gamers. We just won't have the patience for that. Oh, that yeah, that, that includes <laughs> and, like, me. The Q and A with <laughs> it was Yuffie. kind of annoying. I mean, they have to do the stupid floorboards and stuff. That was really annoying. But yeah, yeah, it would be hard. I mean, do you think that um, Genesis? is strong enough to have a game solely about him. Not the moment, no. You don't think so? I don't think so. I just don't I don't see how the market would be with a Genesis game, if only because he's only really been prominent in one game and nobody uh, really, like, I mean, maybe there's a few people who speak about it, but I, I haven't seen anybody really call for a, uh, a genesis game at the moment but i guess you Maybe could say the same thing out. about vincent right because I suppose. vincent was an optional side character i mean to be fair i guess like there's there if if square enix announced it um, i i would guess that people would be like yeah sure this is great a genesis game but i don't know other otherwise I'd, i don't see how fans would be like oh let's pull for a genesis game unless if they get sort of a, a another taste of genesis in the remake I guess it's the whole thing about like you know there's not really anyone clamoring for Final Fantasy Ten Part Three. Yeah. Like there's there's no one really clamoring for anything more from the Lightning franchise. No. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. No, but I mean that that is a good point, Lauren, because um as Genesis is actually a character I really enjoy, but at the same time, just because I one person enjoy that character doesn't mean the entire Final Fantasy fan base wants him also because. 
as much as I may like to talk about Crisis Core at the end of the day, that's a spinoff. Not as many people are going to know or care about it. When you say Final Fantasy, people think main core series, main core villain. Genesis, he's still a side yeah. villain. He's still a side character. I mean, that, that, that is the thing, though. I think, I think that if Square Enix did announce it, I think fans would be happy about it. Maybe a bit irritated that they haven't come out with the Final Fantasy twelve um, HD remaster. That will happen at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> or, um, like, if they announced it now, they would be like, well, where's XYZ um, game? Uh, I think there's a lot of other games that probably want to get made m- more than a Genesis game at the moment. Maybe if that, if that clarifies my point. Because it's not to say that nobody wants a Genesis game. It's just to say... I think there's a lot of other games that people want more than a Genesis game. Yeah. And in and in reality, um, it would be a spin-off of a spin-off. Yeah, of a spin-off. Spinception. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that's been our main topic. Um, let us know if you enjoyed Dirge of Cerberus, for one, uh, and whether or not you managed to unlock the secret movie and whether or not you think that a Genesis-based game would actually be a decent option for, for Square if the Final Fantasy VII remake starts to pick up even more traction. And the names of all the Sviets without looking them up. I was just thinking about the list and them, but I realized that, that would be counterproductive to your point. Mm. All right. <laughs> so moving on to our guest segment. So Lauren, you spoke to Christian Burge. Yes, I did. And uh, he's one of the top tier Patreon supporters. And uh, what do you speak to him about? Uh, we discussed his favorite games. Um, we also discussed just some other things within the Final Fantasy series, some of his other likes and dislikes within the series and um, our experiences with coming into the series. And he's really, really sweet. And it was really awesome to get to talk to him. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to pass over to uh, Lauren now and she's going to speak with uh, Christian. Hey, Christian, welcome to Final Fantasy Union. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you so much um, for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we really, 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 really appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it's no problem. I think you deserve it. Oh, how long have you been listening to the show for now then? Um, I think it was September. Oh, wow. So so still relatively new then. Yeah, I was fl- flickering through iTunes and I found it and thought, oh, I like Final Fantasy, so... Oh, all right. Well, that sort of like leads us in a bit. Um, How did you get into Final Fantasy originally? It was watching my brothers play a bit of seven, a bit of eight. And um, after a a few, when I got the PS2 generation, I saw Final Fantasy X, but that was the first one I actually played myself. Oh, really? And um, the the only character I could ever remember from Final Fantasy was um, Irvine from Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, like the only one I can remember. Oh, so. I love Irvine so much. He's so silly. Yeah, he's a bit of an odd character to remember. There's so many other iconic characters like Cloud. I didn't know him. Just Irvine is the only one I knew. <laughs> How funny! Yeah, because um, yeah, from that game, there's there's so many there's so many characters, there's so many characters. But Irvine is definitely one that's um, he's got a lot of sass, doesn't he? He's he's very sassy. I just remember the, the shooting bit when he was cleaning, um, what's that face? Yeah, Adia. Matron, Adia, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, he chokes, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Irvine. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty similar to me, actually. Like, um, I was introduced to, to it by my, uh, brothers. They were always playing, like, Final Fantasy and that kind of thing. And, and yeah. 
they're they're good brothers brothers are good for getting you into games <laughs> um so with that being said uh do you have a favorite final fantasy my favorite would have to be nine which i visited back after playing 10 more psp and um it's got to be the, the characters is the most best part of that game yeah so all the characters maybe minus amarat is rememberable <laughs> in some way <laughs> Poor Amaran. Really, we do love him, but yeah, he doesn't have much, he's does okay, he? He's okay, but he doesn't... He's just there. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a remember. spare dude. Yeah. <laughs> Some thing we said about Queena, but she... Comic relief. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Queena can actually make you laugh, and I mean, you can't you can't miss out that uh, famous scene with uh, Queena and Vivi getting married. I mean, oh, that's just amazing. Yeah. Um. So, do you have a favorite character within Final Fantasy IX, then? Uh, Freya or Vivi. Aww. Both of those are really good choices. Both, yeah. Both of very tragic stories. But... Yeah. Oh, I love, um, I love the stuff with Freya and Sir Fratley. And then, of course, with Vivi at the very end. I actually, I, when I first played it, I didn't realize that he was actually gone. I don't yeah. know why. I think I was just too young. I was like, oh, we had kids. That's nice. I know. I was just like, oh, little baby Vivi's. He reproduced. (laughs) He found a girl Vivi. Yay. And then, yeah, it wasn't until later that I was just like, oh, God, he's he's actually dead. Oh, 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 no. Um, But yeah, uh, so what? um, So you played you played uh, 10 first. Yeah. Yeah. So how was like, how did you sort of feel about that? Like, obviously, you know, um, the story in ten is 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 pretty intense. And yeah. I mean, um, going back to games like Final Fantasy IX, there's obviously like no, like no voice acting and that type of thing. So, how did it? How did it? How did you feel going backwards like that? Uh, it didn't really bother me too much because around the time I was used to voiceless games, like I played Zelda a lot and all that. So sure. It didn't really bother me. I played lots of RPGs on Game Boys and all that, so it didn't really affect me much. No. Nah. I think as I played, I've played ten. I'm playing ten recently. I got it on the Vita, and the voice acting's a bit weak. I never really noticed it as a kid. <laughs> no, you don't, it, do you? It feels it's strange. It feels like it wasn't meant to be voiced, but it was yeah meant to be in written in written text. Yeah, I can kind of I can kind of see what it. you mean. Some of the dialogue thing. It's just it just kind of feels like they just gave the voice actors a bit of paper. And then, yeah, read that. <laughs> here ha 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 just just say yeah. that just read that just read that just flat i'll do <laughs> that'll do pig that'll do um <laughs> uh so uh with regards to final fantasy 7 though you had a very interesting sort of experience with final fantasy 7 didn't you uh, uh yeah my entrance point to final fantasy 7 is a uh, crisis call which is an emotional roller coaster oh if you Go through it of that of the final fight with the, all your memories fading. I think yeah. that's probably the best way to have gameplay and story combined. Yeah, that way definitely. Because it, it had you going. Oh no, they're all going away. They're all I gone. Because yeah, you you didn't you didn't realize yeah, beforehand before playing that Zach died, did you? No. So you you play the end the end battle, trying your best to win. Yeah. You know, and then you're just like, why am I not winning? Why is it not ending? <laughs> <laughs> why am I not beating these guys? I know Daryl said that he he had a beefy uh, Zach at the end, and 
he was just like trying his hardest to just keep on going, but he just realized that the game would just keep on going and going and going and going. Um, what's bad is you can actually, whereas like a side quest where you've got to beat like a thousand soldiers, so I've technically I've done it. So, okay. I mean, so I thought it was a bit unfair. Yeah, definitely. It's like you did. Hey, I I won. I won this. Zach should not be dead now. Yeah. Honestly. So are you, um, I'm guessing you're excited for the remake then. I'm kind of because I'm not a biggest fan of Final Fantasy VII. But sure. I'd love to see what they change about it, which I think would be the most interesting thing. Yeah, definitely. Um. Like what sort of things are you are you hoping to expect from it? Um, just to see if they put. I just didn't really connect with the characters that much, so I yeah, think sure. If they did it again with voice, maybe that will do something. Or maybe if they yeah. change the dialogue a bit, maybe that will yeah. help. I don't know if you've um have you seen the uh, there was this thing not too long ago of this guy who actually like retranslated all of it. No, I haven't seen that. And um, it actually makes a lot more sense after he done it. After he did that, I don't know. Um, I almost kind of feel like maybe they should just listen to him or read his stuff when they're rewriting it. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, um, so I'm guessing if they did, if they, for whatever reason, did do another remake, you'd probably would rather a Final Fantasy IX remake of anything, yeah? Uh, I'd have to say six. Oh, six. Oh, cool. People say that's their favourite, and I was playing um, four on the DS, the remake. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, well, they'll make six eventually. They stopped yeah. at four. <laughs> yeah. Did you get um, six on Steam recently then? Uh, no. I'm I'm still holding holding on for it. I, I don't. I think I'll play it when I have more time. But yeah. That's a game I really want to like, put spend time going around when I play this, because... Everyone talks about it. It's better than seven, better than all of them. So, yeah, they do a lot. They really do. It's almost like it's just like the hipster, the hipster, Hip, um, hipster the hipster Final one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one that everybody's just like, oh, I thought that Final Fantasy VI was cooler than seven, so much cooler. So I'd love but to see if I that's mean, actually true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the characters are a lot more interesting in in six. I mean, the fanboys don't don't hate me, um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, no, six six does have an interesting sort of thing to it. But um, it is interesting that you that you do like nine. Um, uh, with that in mind, do you do you like um, have you have you played any of the like older older games like from one to from one to three or anything like that? Only the remake of four. I think it's four. One with Lunith in it. Oh, that's three. That's three. Yeah, yeah. That's three. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, what do you think about that? Um, I I'm just playing through it now, actually. It's very like formulaic, like you know, it's like very boxed in. Like, there's little areas you got to go, got to go there, and then go over places. But I think um, the adventure's quite good. I, I quite like that one. But... Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, like the characters, it, it, there's not much to the characters, is there? But no. it's it's okay. You the can grinding's... tell it's an old game. Yeah, exactly. It's an old game, so it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know. I wouldn't recommend is. going back. Like, maybe play something like Bravely Default. Or yeah, yeah, and Bravely Seconds just came out, hasn't it? Yeah, but that pre-ordered and ready to go. So, ooh, did you get any of the collector's editions or anything? Of course, uh, I couldn't, I I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Spend all that money. Yeah. 
Um, what about like other Square Enix games? Have you played like um, Near? I mean, I know you probably hear me like blast on about Near all the time on the show. I hear but... everyone talk on about it, but I haven't played it. Ooh. I looked at it when the, when it got announced and everyone went mental for it and I thought, maybe I'll pick it up maybe I think you should and I'm not I don't have any bias <laughs> I swear <laughs> I think the closest thing to a square game I play is not a square game but Mistwalker from they play the uh, Lost Odyssey yeah yeah it was the last true like old style JRPG under last yeah definitely have you um, explored any of Persona then? I'm guessing not. No. I've bought it. I've got it ready to go. So. <laughs> just need that time. Just need yeah. that time to play it. I'm doing. I'm doing 10 HD and then Persona's next. Ah, cool. Are you going for Penance then? Yes, I'm going to go for everything. 10's the only one I've actually done all the side stories and all the side quests and all that. It's just a fun one to do, isn't it? I just feel like the side quests in 10 are just so much better than the other ones. Yeah, shit makes it a lot easier and better if you just like just walk around it makes it a lot better yeah I, except i mean well easier but i mean that chocobo thing just just oh, that's, that's the worst oh, oh. It, took me, it took me two hours to do that i know i was like um because i did it i did it the first time i played it on the playstation 2 and then playing it on the vita i was just like why can't i get this to work why can't I do it? I did it before. Why can't I do it? I think the worst one, most, because with a Chocobo one, you can kind of see, like, I, I, if I do this, it will get it. If I just get lucky, I'll get yeah. it. But the worst one is the, um, what's it called? Lo- the Thunder Planes, where you got to dodge lightning 100 times. Oh my god, yeah, 200 times. It's horrible. So you count it in your head and you go, that's 100, right? And you hit by lightning and you go, oh, is it 100 or not? And you go there, go to the little chest and it's not there. Yeah, and then you're just depressed. You're just like, I just wasted so much time. Worth it. Ugh. I've done, I've only done that once. I haven't been able to do it on the Vita version. I just, I can't be bothered. I'm, I'm just like, you know. Again. <laughs> I know. It was, it was so traumatic the first time. I just, ugh, Lulu. But, you know, I want to get this, I want to get the silly trophies. I want to get all the stuff. Yeah. I do uh, prefer playing on the Vita though. Um, I don't know if you've played any of the other games on the Vita. I've only just got the Vita for this 10 before. I might as well get it. But um, I think the hard one is Blitzball. So I'm trying to get it out of the way early. Yeah, definitely. Because Blitzball, like, I remember really loving Blitzball as a kid. And as I've played it, got an older, it's just, it's too obvious to win. Like, the first three <laughs> games are, are, are reasonable. Even the one in Luca, you, you play that. Mm. Play the first like, three games with Harvest Inside, and you level up. And you can just beat everybody too easy. Yeah, I yeah. You just doing... need to get the right like uh, people as well, don't you? I thought I, I thought I'd, I'll make it harder. I'll just use the Aurox. Mm. I'm still just too too strong because Datto gets mate, too strong. He just gets too fast. You just run around. <laughs> so that's pretty scoring... dedicated. Just yeah. using the Aurox. I end up scoring one goal and then just like swim behind the goalkeeper. Yeah. Because when you do that, all the players just spin around the circles and you can do nothing. <laughs> you have successfully glitched Blitzball. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, well, either way, um, it's great. It's great to speak to you and um, hopefully we'll be able to speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. Oh, bye. Thank you, bye. All right, welcome back. 
Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that little guest segment. If you'd like to come on the show, then please head over to Patreon to find out exactly how you can do that. Mm. Um, and get to talk to us. Yes. One-on-one. One-on-one. It will probably be one of us because yeah. the other one has to look after our baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to questions. We have our first question. Lauren, do you want to take that? Sure. Um, this first one is from Chris Sutherland, who asks, how are you guys enjoying Record Keeper? I think Chris actually mentioned the fact that he's been playing Record Keeper and has probably played it every single day oh since it came out. God, it's, you boy. It's, uh, I think it's just had That's its one year anniversary, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so to answer your question very briefly, um, we're not enjoying playing it right now because we aren't playing it right now. No, I I actually like... It's it's kind of a shame because um I I enjoyed the game like don't don't take that as I didn't enjoy the game I I actually was really enjoying it the problem was was that um once it started like sort of carrying on I think I just got overwhelmed by the fact that I couldn't play it because I didn't have Wi Fi and then um and yeah that was the biggest point for me as well once once the additional characters started coming in and like the weapons started coming in, I started being like, Oh, well I'm, I'm missing all of this. Like I'm, I'm really getting sort of um, overwhelmed by the fact that there's so much that I can do on this game, Um, which is not really a complaint, but I was just, I was just like, well, there's no point in me playing it. And I only have eight gigabytes on my phone. So I really need the space. You needed the space for baby pictures. I do. Um, but no, I I loved I loved the game. I thought it was so much fun. But um, yeah, I just I just couldn't keep on playing it. I it just made me feel overwhelmed that I was missing out. So yeah, it's the same for me, and in, and it was actually quite similar to Terror Battle as well because I I don't really have any time when I would want to sit down and specifically just play a mobile game. Yeah. Other than when I'm commuting. Yeah. And it needs wife like I mean it works on 3G but like the the train <laughs> when I'm on the train my 3G connection is very patchy. There's a lot of tunnels. Yeah, and uh so I really I'd need Wi-Fi but there's no point in time where I'd ever be in a situation where I'm doing nothing else to the point where I would want to play Record Keeper. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I um I kind of just got fed up with the fact that you need you need the internet to play it. Yeah. For for me, I actually had on my phone, it was downloaded on the phone for about two months. I ended up not playing it at all. And, you know, Record Keeper, Keeper is kind of like going back and revisiting those games. You know, it's about uh, going back to those memories. And I was like, well, I could do that. Or I have this library of all the Final Fantasy games. And I could just play those instead. So that, that was my thing. Instead, I just went to uh, the actual Which games themselves. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you're enjoying Record Keeper still, then then great. I mean, it, they've been adding so much content to it, and I think everything that Laura and I hear is that it's a really fun game if you are in a place where you can play it stably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if if it didn't have that Wi-Fi thing, I think I would be playing it a lot more. But um, because of that, it's just it's just so difficult. Um, yeah, but it is it is a lovely game, and I wish everybody well who's still playing it. Yeah. All right, so our next question is from Joseph Hare, who asks, do you think there should be another Final Fantasy movie? <laughs> um, It's like they... Come on, Lauren. It's, it's difficult, because like, as much as I would love for Final Fantasy to be um, portrayed to an even larger like audience, which I feel that it could be with movies, 
Um, at the same time, they don't have the best track record with video game movies. Um, I think the only game... It depends the- what you're thinking about here. Like, are you thinking more Spirits Within or are you thinking more Advent Children? I'm thinking in general, like in general with video game films. And then, yeah, so um, Advent Children and um, Spirits Within are included in that. I was actually quite disappointed with Advent Children. I mean, I think it's an okay movie. Um, I think it's better if you're a fan of the series already. Yeah, if you don't but, know anything about Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy VII, that movie is absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's it's really not that great. And then um, with Spirits Within, I actually really enjoy that film from an outsider perspective, but I don't enjoy it as a Final Fantasy fan because there's not as much with Final Fantasy in it. So, um, but if I'm taking into account other video game films that have come out, so you have like really two, <laughs> this is saying a lot, but uh, Tomb Raider, I think is still probably my favorite to this day video game film. I think that that one now was Now a Square just, Enix property. Yeah. And now another Square Enix property. That's probably the one that I think has been the best done. But I mean, all the other ones. Um, Resident Evil was all right. Resident Evil's okay. Yeah. Um, the Silent Kombat. Hill films, the the Silent Hill films, like the only bits that I really actually liked were either the one with the um the nurse scene or um the pyramid head scene where he rips the girl's skin off. But even then, that's like it's a bit of a fan a fanboy um movie. It it kind of loses the substance of Silent well, Hill's lore. I think lore. that's the problem because generally when people are doing these movie transitions, they try to make it a movie. Yeah, they don't. They, they they don't pay any they they do small like small tributes to the source material but yeah. they try to completely disconnect it from the actually what it became yeah and the ones that have done the best have been the ones that managed to take the original substance of the source material and convert it to the big screen which is why Mortal Kombat <laughs> although like it's not the best produced film of all time it was actually very true mm. to the original source material without going stupidly ridiculous which yeah. is what a lot of video game movies also yeah there's seem like to do. um off the top of my head i can think of blood rain yeah. dead or alive oh, Tekken. Evil, well, there's a yeah. street fire movie i believe but um oh no there are like two of them yeah yeah uh need for speed and that's why resident evil was also okay because it could have been a standalone film but yeah. if you know resident evil you know that it's very very close to what the game was actually about and that's why Advent Children was, I mean, it's, it was 100% fan service. There's yeah. no way around it. Yeah. Now, I've got to say this about Advent Children, though. I actually saw the movie before I even really knew what Final Fantasy was. It's actually because of that movie I played the games. I still remember when I first saw it, I walked into a GameStop. They had a small TV, and I just see the CGI anime characters being the crap out of some flying dragon. And I'm like, what is this? I want to watch it. I don't care if it's the seventh movie in the series because, again, I didn't know anything about the ordering, how it didn't matter. So, after seeing that, I bought a PSP. I bought the remake of Final Fantasy 1. And because, and then I bought the movie on PSP UMD, watched it about seven times, had no idea what was going on in the story. All I knew was, I like this. I won't know everything about it. So That's really interesting. So, basically, Advent Children got you into... Final Fantasy. Yeah, because I, I knew about Final Fantasy twelve, but again, not understanding the numbering system, I thought I had to play the very first one. Seven made me say, I don't care about the numbering. I'm going to play it. So before before you watched Advent Children or saw it on the big screen, though, were you into Japanese culture or like anime 
in general like were you into it before that i didn't even really know what anime was at that point even though i was like 12 or 13 i knew about dragon ball z and uh that's about it i didn't know it was a thing called anime i knew all, all i knew it was it was a cartoon that's as far as i knew about it okay so so yeah so then then it is that is probably a case where yeah yeah that that's that's cool that it got you into and it. And that's why they should do another Final Fantasy movie. Okay. No, I mean, all the Jareds out there. <laughs> exactly, for us ignorant well, fools. The, <laughs> the thing is, is that for me, for from watching the films that I've watched that are based on video games, based on comics, the only film that I think actually really successfully um, adapted the source material to the big screen in the best way is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I think that that film is exceptional. I think that... It includes both people who have never read the comics and then people who have read the comics. Um, well, the, the manga, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's, it's just, it did everything super well. And Edgar Wright is an absolute genius and perfectionist. And I just thought he did so great. That is what I would want if they would ever do a Final Fantasy film. They need a director who is as a perfectionist as Edgar Wright and as much of a fanboy as Edgar Wright is, but also be a really good director as well. Like, because I'm really curious to see with the next wave of video game films like Assassin's Creed, oh, Warcraft, Warcraft, Uncharted, Ratchet and Clank, how they're all going to come across because. We're obviously, like, there's been the video game films in the past. They usually don't have budgets. They're usually mm. just completely under the radar. These, this next wave of films, they're, they're being published by Sony, like, big public, like, you know, Ma- Michael Fassbender's in Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah. So, like, and they've got big cast members, like, big, big. And it's going to be really interesting to see how these films play out because yeah. they're not going to be Uber Bowl productions anymore. They're going to be no, much and I bigger. Mean, like, Aside from the whitewashing in um, per, uh, Prince of Persia, like it actually, that one was actually like okay, but yeah, it's really difficult. They would, I would want it to be a purely like uh, Japanese film, if 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 anything, a Japanese film with like a, Phoenix Wright, with um, oh Phoenix Wright, yeah, that actually, that actually is one film that actually was really good. That was a really good uh, video game adaptation game. Uh, I I have to say. That one I forgot about. Now, if it actually Probably is it so done right, it could be that we have, with video games, similar to what we've had with comic book movies. Now, at first, comic book movies were okay, sometimes good, mostly just okay movies. So now, they're excellent movies that are raking in millions of dollars, not just because people like it, but because, the, I mean, not just because people like the comics, but because the movies are genuinely good. If, if But it's, the thing about that, though is that they are very and I I mean this in the in the kindest sense they're very american they are very american characters they are like get out there go yeah, cuz i would say actually the blazing the one that like x men so uh, american wolverine the second wolverine film where it's set in japan mm. i think that's probably the one that's done the worst yeah uh but, i like, did did you Avengers just just my favorite like, x men movie <laughs> I mean, like you're box- just uh, you're just a, a rare, rare little box office wise. I think yeah. that did the worst. Yeah. Oh, that that hurts my heart. That that hurts. Oh, it always happens though. Because I mean, Scott Pilgrim versus the World was a commercial failure, which is a shame. And it, it hurts. It that hurts my heart extremely. But like the Avengers, 
well, one, they also have the backing of Disney as well. And Disney is like, they, they just give no S's. Hey, like, they... Disney bought out Square Enix. Oh my God. You're right. Yeah. Maybe well, they can. to be fair, they do have their pot. They do have their hand in Square yeah. Enix because they and have Kingdom Hearts. And they're now paying more attention to Kingdom Hearts. So Kingdom Hearts 3, see how that goes there, shall we? It's true. It's very true. But yeah, so Final Fantasy film, they'd have to do it right. So what you're saying is all we need is for Disney to buy Square Enix and then we'll get the Final Fantasy movies we've always wanted. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. We won't get the games because Disney have a, not a very good track record with games. No. But, um, yeah. Well, I mean, Epic Mickey is all right. Yeah, but then the second one came out. <laughs> but if they did do a film, it would probably have to be Final Fantasy VII related. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame, because there's better stories out there. I would love a Final Fantasy X movie, That'd if, be I, if I'm honest. That's why the Avengers is so great, right? Because they have each, it's each true. other things. So they'd have the Dissidia film. Oh, Dissidia. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty much rounds out the questions. Um, if you didn't get your question answered, fear not. As always, we store them up, and then we use them at a later date if we feel there is an appropriate time. Yes. But if you have questions for us, ping them at us on Twitter, Facebook, or email them at podcast at FinalFantasyUnion.com. Music this episode is from Final Fantasy X. It's a remix Ooh. of Besed Island, and it's by Enumin- Emunator. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say Enumator, but it's actually Emunator. Hmm. It's like emulation, but not. Hmm. But not. Yeah, so the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 15th of March. It's actually a few days before our fan event, so if you're listening at that point and you still haven't bought your ticket, there will be an opportunity for us to tell you to buy one. (laughs) Um, Be be also sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you search for Final Fantasy, we are the number one in pretty much every country in the world. And actually, in Japan, I realised we're one of the most popular video game shows in general. Yeah! We were were constantly competing with the, the Koji Pro podcast before, well, that all happened. So, konnichiwa. Yeah. Sukoi desu Exactly. Um, and of course, you can catch every episode of, of the show at FinalFantasyUnion.com. And if you want to come on the show like Christian did this episode, please head over to Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash FFKUnion, and you can see how you can get on the show. Nomimashita. <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> it's time for you guys to say goodbye. Sayonara. See you guys later. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.